Hey there, UCR people. Welcome to Assigned Seating, the uncensored radio cinema club where we sit down and discuss everything from big budget blockbusters to cult classics to sentimental favorites. My name is Steve, and today with me, I am so, 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 so happy to have the beautiful Miss Dakota right next Thank to me. You. Hey, how You're not are wrong. you? I'm great. Oh, She's ready. <laughs> being She's- gorgeous. <laughs> she's ready you've got the face full of makeup she's ready to go and what what a movie to discuss you know with uh, a face full of gorgeousness now for those of you that don't know the movie that we're going to discuss today we are going we're going back a little bit we're going to the 80s um we haven't gone back further yet we will i'm i think vera and i are going to go way back in for for a couple of films eventually but we're going back to the 80s referencing an earlier time for a cult classic with this one ladies and gentlemen boys and girls today dakota and i are going to be breaking down the amazing mommy dearest iconic faye dunaway is joan crawford a star yes, he is. a legend and a mother the illusion of perfection Ooh. What a tagline. Yeah, this has caused a little bit of a hullabaloo at the offices of Uncensored Radio because I've wanted to do this for a while, but no one has seen this movie except our youngest panelist, Dakota. So talk to me about seeing this movie. When, 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 how, why have you seen this movie? Okay, so growing up, my dad like loved old movies and stuff. So this was one that was actually like in our house. I remember like I was think I think it was like five the first time I saw this, and it was always referenced. Like uh, our family at any point will be like, "No more wired hangers!" Like it's always just been a thing. <laughs> um, and I don't know. It's like I I don't necessarily like older movies, but like this one I like because it's crazy and like you know it's good. <laughs> it is. Oh, God, when I first saw this movie as a teenager, I believe, because I used to get babysat on the weekend or spend time at my grandparents on the weekends, and they, that this is a little bit of Australia for you. So we don't have, we didn't have back in the day typical cable that you guys had. We had oh, okay. once. We had one satellite, like satellite channel called Foxtel, yes. which was obviously run by Fox. And <laughs> that came in in like the mid, mid nineties, mid to late nineties. And, um, it was everything. So my, my grandmother, God rest her soul, got, got Foxtel. So there was streaming everything for, for 24 hours a day. Like this was the streaming services back before the streaming oh, services were there. So this is how I got to meet Miss Katrina A. Johnson when she was working on Nickelodeon. This was my Nickelodeon oh. obsession, all that kind of thing. So that's why I trip out now when I, I talk to Katrina because I'm like, oh, I used to watch you when I was a baby. It's, it's just all, it was all one channel. Uh, well, no, different channels, but it was one service. So it had Nickelodeon. Oh. It had, like, all this stuff. And it had, like, the classic movies as well. Okay. And this is how I saw this is how I saw this movie because my grandmother loved old movies. I, I think we watched Gone with the Wind together. Like, oh, I can't, I've lost count. And she was a night owl. So it would always be on at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. And you just wake up. Gone, like, with, the, uh, I'm named gone after with the Gone wind. with the Wind. My middle oh. name is Scarlet. Oh, there you go. My parents were upset. Small world. 
so that's how I first saw this and, and, you know, and then kind of found a little bit more out about, about Joan Crawford and Faye Dunaway and all that kind of stuff. But this is a very interesting film. Now, I'm, if you haven't seen this movie, please check it out. So it is based, let's say very loosely on an autobiography by Christina Crawford, who was Joan's adopted first child. Um, the legitimacy of, you know, all of the things that happen in this movie are questionable, but it mm-hmm. is based on, based on a true story, as we yeah. see a lot these days. But let's get started. So to start with, the similarity is quite eerie like the makeup process that Faye Dunaway went through to capture Joan is eerie like it's amazing it's eerie <laughs> like I can't get over how much she looks like her the vocal cadence and stuff like that having having gone back and watched some, you know some Joan Crawford movies it's just oh yeah, she's she's crazy and then even like her daughter, like Christine, like little Christina, and, and like it's, yeah, I don't, they did a great job casting this movie. Definitely. Um, not if you ask Faye Dunaway, but you know, <laughs> I think Faye might be the problem there, not everyone else. But oh, she, um, yeah, she blames this movie for killing her career, but oh, does she? I don't, yeah, I didn't know that. Yes, this so this movie got her Razzie Award nominations and stuff like this, and everyone thought that it was like this schlocky, horrible thing. But I think it's amazing. Like she dominates this movie. Like any time she's on screen, she makes you. She there's this feel. You don't know. All right, you know when you've actually been in the room with someone who's legitimately mentally ill, and you can't. You can't pick what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. That's the feeling I get when Joan's on screen. In this oh, yeah. Movie. I'm like, For sure. oh, God, you don't. Even though I've seen this movie so many times, I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? Because right. she, she betrays that. And even those moments in this film where something happens and there's that that snap in her and, she, and you see it and you go, oh, God, because I've, seen, I've seen it happen in real life. You go, oh, yeah. bitch, run. Right. <laughs> right. It's like she can be perfectly fine and then it's like, oh, I control or it. Says the wrong someone says the wrong thing in public and you just see it go. Oh, go, oh yes. no, God, don't let anyone leave the house because you go die. <laughs> you go <gonna> die. <laughs> so the movie picks up in a very interesting, um, very interesting spot for Joan. So for our younger viewers, <laughs> Joan Crawford was a huge box office star back in the day. This movie picks up towards the end of, oh, well, towards the middle slash end of her career, where she is a woman of a certain age. And in old Hollywood, that just meant, you know, your career was over legitimately. She, she was part of the studio system. It's actually very interesting when you look at it. She was a movie star when movie stars were becoming actors. Like yeah. there was, there used to be the studio system and they were set up and placed in their, in their roles and all that kind of thing. But this is around this time is where 
the idea of acting and method acting and all that kind of stuff was coming into play. So she was a dying breed. We see mm. that, um, that even that from the very beginning, you can see that she is legitimately a control freak, obsessive OCD. compulsive. Yeah. Uh, yep. All that even kind just, of like, stuff. The opening, when, opening yeah. scene of her scrubbing her arms and, you know, 4 a.m. Scolding hot rises. water. Scolding yeah. hot water. Yes. Scraving, scrubbing her face and arms with soap and boiling water before plunging her face into a bowl of witch hazel and ice to yep. close her pores. Like she Crazy. has that that commitment to well, she knows the way she looks is the way she makes her money. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not unlike today, except Joan didn't have filters. Joan had <laughs> Joan had, you know, cold and hot water. So huh. she did she did the best. I'd be screwed. <laughs> Could you imagine getting up at 4 a.m. to do a TikTok? And go, all right, hot water, cold water. Oh my God. My skin. That would be horrible. <laughs> She's got it under control. And then yeah. you see when she goes down to inspect the housekeeping, you're like, yeah. oh no. When she moves that plant, that plant, you're like, oh, Olga, you better run, bitch. You better run. <laughs> Olga, Olga, you in danger, girl. You in danger. And you, you just even, I love the, the whole turban. The, like, yes. The monogram. Like, that, that's the thing about this movie. It's gotten so, it got so many bad reviews and everything. It is a beautiful movie. Like, some of the shots, like, with her on the staircase, Always mm. when she's on the staircase, especially when she gets the baby. Yes. When she actually finally acquired, because for again, for those of you that don't know Joan, she went through marriages and had many miscarriages and couldn't Seven, conceive right? on her own. Yeah. Couldn't conceive on her own. So she ended up adopting a child, uh, which she wasn't supposed to have, but she was, she got it because she's Joan Crawford. <laughs> and that shot of her holding Christina and ascending the staircase yeah it, it it's like something out of an old school horror movie it's like it's like dracula taking <laughs> taking his victims victim yeah upstairs <laughs> you, know I mean? you go oh this is the start of something this is something's gonna happen it's crazy and it is just the beginning but and anytime they shoot on that staircase it's like that that house oh my god it's an actual house too like is it <gasps> Yeah, then they rebuilt. They rebuilt sets, but they did ex- like they did other shit. Yeah, gorgeous. Oh it's like, oh, it's why? so beautiful. Why I know, and that see that's the part of me that feels like I was born in the wrong era because I love that kind of nineteen thirties, forties, fifties like big right. staircases, and it's like ah, oh, the staircase is back. like out of this world. I love her I know, room, imagine. like her room, like the quilted like look on the walls. That's like yeah. beautiful. Kind of like an insane asylum, really, isn't it? (laughs) Irony. Get those padded walls, Joan. Get those padded walls. So ironic. So (laughs) we skip forward now a couple of years and we see that the uh that things are still not great for Joan. She's she has to downsize, you know. This is the whole thing about you know her dying breed. She is used to living a certain way. And that is not conducive to the amount of money she's earning. Yeah. But that does not stop Joan from spending. We see Christina's birthday party, which is 
I mean, every child would dream of this birthday party. A carousel? Like... Carousel. Like, a real-life carousel. There's animals, there's performers, there's kids everywhere. There's presents. There's press. Most importantly, there is press. And we get lovely photo shoots of Christina and her mother when all Christina wants to do is go and play. But Joan makes sure that that they get the shot, whatever shot they need. Picture perfect. Picture perfect. And, you know, while the cameras are there, everything is fantastic. But you can even then, even in this beginning shot, you can, when when these two actors are together, the tension is there. Like that under... That underlying tension, you're like, oh my god, this is <laughs> something's not going to go right. And then once everyone leaves, Joan tells Christina that she's not allowed to keep her her birthday presents. She gives them away because that's the thing to do. So she she's can only pick one. one. She can only pick one. So she's allowed to pick. Which look, you know, if you're the child of of an apparent millionaire movie star, it's not the worst thing. She's teaching her charity, so. She's teaching her, you know, to give to people that have less and all that kind of stuff. But I feel it like that was more slightly for her own cruel. image. That was yeah, more of course for her it own is. image, other than like teaching her child an actual like good lesson of giving. It just make her look better. Yeah, this is but this is this is the start of the disparity. I think they're they're easing us in very gently to going, oh well, Joan could be okay. Like it could she could be just trying to, you know teach her daughter yeah she did let her keep the the bracelet greg gave her though as well very big very begrudgingly didn't she (laughs) because from the from the get-go christina and this is the this is thing from the get-go christina's competition yep even as a child and like that's it's a very twisted mindset you it are is. competing you are competing the, the pool, for the affections the of when they're yeah. racing that's what we're going to talk about now i'm just like in like this child like you can obviously tell christina is like exhausted and she's like no race me again and it's just it's crazy like competing with a child like the it's just not and having right. to win having to win yes because i'm bigger than you I'm stronger than you. And I always and will always be. Always win. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. It's like, oh, you're a child. Yeah. But look, <sighs> again, not, not the worst lesson for kids to learn, but, you know, it just proves that they are at loggerheads. Yes. From the get-go, really. Oh, I, I'm sure that when Christina was a baby and, like, a toddler, that there was genuine affection, but once the child was beginning to take the attention away from Joan is when the problem happens. Yep. You can see that the birthday party is like, Christina, oh, yeah. Christina, Christina, they're not Joan. And that's the right. problem. Because Joan is the star. In case we of didn't course. realize. Always. Joan is the star. And who can blame, like, Christina, obviously, at that point, idolized her mother, wanted to be her mother. There's another picture of her, just in case you want to know. <laughs> so much so that you know, she makes the mistake of putting Oof. on her makeup so she could look like her mother and accept like just legitimately innocent childhood behavior, pretending to be a movie star. 
like her mother because that's all she knows. And as she's making her acceptance speech in the mirror, which we've all done, Yes, we've yes, all done. Yeah. We've all won the, we've all we're all very very awarded in our own heads. You see the figure of Joan loom up behind her, Oof. and then it gets serious. Ah, oh. when she takes scissors to Christina's hair and hacks away because she dares to be a. Uh, to touch her stuff to be vain to to try i let's be honest to try and take her place she she gets in there and hacks away that's a crazy like, oh. scene like when that yeah. happened like you're just like that poor little girl like and like i feel like for a lot of little girls especially like in that time you know she's trying to be like her mom um like for me even as a 28 year old woman my hair is kind of my identity like I like to have long hair because it makes me feel feminine. It makes me feel pretty. Like, so for like a little girl, like that's just, that was probably so traumatic. Especially when she's crying saying, I have to go to school and like, none of that matters. <laughs> none of that matters to Joan. She's, oh. there's been an infringement and this is, yeah, there's anytime there's an infringement, it has to go punished, which, you know, Makes you question her. She well, she didn't have much. When you go back and do a bit of research on Joan, you understand that she didn't have much of a childhood at all. So she's in her, I guess, I guess in her misguided attempt at making her child ready for the world, it just turns into horrible, horrible psychological, physical abuse. It's just like, oh god. The Maybe children's the services way. would have a yeah. The child children's services would have a field day with this woman, but she was a Hollywood movie star, and this all happened behind closed doors. So it's it's funny how many kids of of these classic stars have stories that are very similar, right? And it all went very so very so unpunished. Well, yeah. Well, they, they these people were untouchable back in the day. Yeah, I mean, even even, even more recently, look at Woody Allen that's the 70s like that's not that far away right he's, he's gone untouched for marrying his own stepdaughter <laughs> like it's very uh. interesting it's only like in the last probably what 20 20 or so years that children have this autonomy and people are allowed to well you can get inside their houses inside their everything with social media so right it's very hard to hide stuff like this nowadays it would get away with it but i don't doubt that it probably does happen because look at britney yep exactly (laughs) like i get i get weird vibes like that from from the spears store like this that'll make a fantastic movie one day Right? <laughs> Can you imagine it'd be, be the sequel to Mummy Dearest? No. Like, Southern white trash <laughs> dominate their daughter. Oh my gosh. But Joan is determined to stay relevant, to stay a star, to do the best she can. Even if it means, you know, seduction, I would guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I just love Faye Dunaway with her leg up around her How head. flexible. How <laughs> flexible. Look at those gams. Look at how right? tight those legs are. I wonder if that's actually her doing that. I wonder. That's good flexibility. Huh. 
as a dance as a dance teacher, that's great flexibility. I'm very down with that. That's great. Joan um goes to to the studio to pledge her allegiance to Louis B. Mayer and um, basically gets told that she's box office poison. <laughs> and when yep. Louis is leaving MGM What's her gone verse? Oh. <sighs> which come, which brings one of the first classic, classic lines from this movie and classic scenes. Christina, this was wild. Bring me the axe. Yes. <laughs> and Joan, <laughs> Joan <laughs> goes to town on the on the beautiful, beautiful Rose Garden in, uh, in a full formal dress <laughs> and wow. makes the kids and the housekeeper help her clean up in the yep. middle of the night. Like, this is a manic episode happening so right manic. in front of us. Yes. And I you get like... that night nighttime was not a good time in the Crawford house. Obviously, she had some, some demons <laughs> that yes. came out at nighttime, which is... But yeah, bring me the axe. Yeah, yeah, oh that God. scene was insane. I'm like, okay. <laughs> the Drop eyes, tree, tree everything. Down. Yeah, just ha- and the what the she must have like she must have done herself some injuries on this sh- on this shoot because she physicalizes every like everything she does as Joan is so physical when she's in these manic episodes. She's really swinging that out. Even if it's a prop axe, if you imagine doing that time and time and time again, she's hacking down that tree and it is over. I mean, I cannot say enough about the child actress that plays Christina Mara uh, Hobel. She is one of the best kid actors I've ever seen. Oh yeah, because she stands. She stands next to Faye Dunaway and does not fade away. Like you get, and she can. She can really emote. She can when she, you know, when kids cry in movies. Like, okay. it's, it's yeah. I, no, yeah. she does a really. This good is job. real. This is real, and it she... it gets even more real <laughs> because oh. uh, you forget how back to back these scenes are. I was like, right. okay, right, <laughs> because. Joan is who's um on the source again at night time. Wanders in to inspect her children as she does. Now there's not a lot said about Christopher, but poor Christopher, I don't know, he must have been a, a active night child. And this is this is actually documented that he was strapped into bed at night time. He was like he even says it to himself. He was strapped, leather strapped to a bed every night, so he wouldn't wander. I think with Chris, with Christopher, I feel like that, like so with Christina. Other than when she was a baby, um, she only had like one, like it was one little actress. But like Christopher, like they like changed his like three times, and I'm like, they did not expect us to notice. Like at one point, he's taller than Christina. Yeah, it's hard to. I guess it's hard to because Christina was that that actress was a certain age, and Christopher was. You know, Christopher did come after Christina. He was adopted 
mm-hmm. later. I guess, I guess when when Joan decided that you know she could handle two at once. <laughs> God knows why. Good enough. <laughs> Good enough. So as she's with peaceful scene of her inspecting her children's bedroom, where she wanders into the wardrobe and discovers the biggest infraction of them all. Yes. And you've got to say it with me if you know it, people. No, no I live. Oh God! She look like look at that face. Oh, that's demon. That's a demon. That is. So Christina has made the mistake of hanging her dresses on wire hangers. The beautiful dresses that Joan pays for, she treats them like crap. Joan loses her mind in an iconic way. Everything in that wardrobe is thrown out, destroyed. (laughs) Christina then cops a flogging (laughs) with the wire hanger. Well, like, look, you can tell that she's not actually hitting the kid, but it's probably localization and everything. (laughs) Like, imagine how hard that would be for a kid to to imagine being hit by a hanger and react to it. Like that's why I'm like, I give this, I give this little girl a lot of credit. She's very, very good. And then she, she like her hiding from her mother. Then she loses it and goes into the bathroom and sees dirty floors. Sees, see, sees dirty floors. We don't know. Like, and you, I, you, that's where I feel when they go into the bathroom, that's where it's a little bit heartbreaking on both accounts because Christina's legitimately upset. She's crying. She's, she's like, mommy, I don't see it. It's, it's clean. I don't see it. Right. And all Joan can see, that's all Joan can see. You know, that's what that, I feel sorry for Joan there as well. Cause Christina doesn't understand. Clearly she's, Joan like, has she's OCD. Still, like... And Joan, well, she has some kind of trauma. Like, do you know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's trauma related there. And that's all that Joan can see is that everything is unclean. Everything is dirty. And imagine living your life that way. Like, she's one of the horrible. most famous people in the world at this point, And nothing is ever right slash good enough slash. She, obviously, this is her trying to keep control as best she can because she can't control her career. She can't control what people think of her, what the box office says about her performances, but she can control what happens in this house and she can control everything staying clean and organized and that these kids will not step out of line. They will be good children, quote yeah. unquote. <laughs> that, Yeah. I, that that kind of breaks my heart a little bit. That scene, I'm like, oh, that's yeah. It's just it's sad, sad because I feel like like you know, I like the movie doesn't ever showcase the kids being like bad kids. So no, it's just, just like minor. Kids. It's just minor like kid things. Like, and it's it's so yeah. sad that you know she was in her head. She just couldn't like process like dirt for her. But like it's yeah. just it is sad. 
and then we and of course that's not nothing at this point the public don't see that because they are exploded in every 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 stand even at christmas again <clears throat> the radio comes in we will have a happy christmas this is what christmas looks like this is what a happy family looks like at christmas i am in control i'm joan crawford everything's perfect you'll notice that you know the plastic covers are off the couches here because mm -hmm. joan joan kept everything in plastic but you know everybody looks when, perfect when the media came around we can take the plastic off briefly briefly this is a big turning point though the the no wire hangers scene i think obviously for christina it was a huge moment in her relationship with her mother but even in this movie it is a huge moment because this is the end of christina's childhood whatever little childhood there was for christina because she is shipped off she's going to boarding school now because especially as she is entering those teenage years those preteen years joan can't or won't have her around she's gone you know I mean? she has to go not a younger a younger famous you know she was famous by association people knew who christina crawford was they wanted they wanted photos of her she didn't want the competition mother. and her mother not joan and her daughter which is a big, big thing. So she shipped off to the Chadwick School, which is a girls' school. Oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joan's, Joan's busy living her life, you know, um, until Christina is caught kissing a boy. Necking. Now, in <laughs> yeah, in, re in reality, Christina... Um, implies that she actually lost her virginity at this point and she was a lot younger oh, wow. than what the movie portrays it as yes so if you read the book it's a very did, it's did you read the book i have read i read it ages and ages and ages ago i the the details are very spotty but yeah you can see where they've taken stuff from this book and just amplified it for a movie but still <laughs> like, like still oh it's very disturbing yeah. so i i understand if my you know what 13 slash 14 year old daughter was at a girl's school and was having sex i'd be a little bit upset yeah i'd be upset about that too this is where we see the dynamic change in a big way christina is now played by diana scarwid and she is the perfect foil for joan she doesn't take it when joan picks her up from that school and her hip flask runs out <laughs> she doesn't waste time she, there's a liquor store on the corner it's yep like, oh. i love that you're like I oh shit, it's I'm on like, it's a <laughs> i'm like ooh. yep it's on those moments and then of course joan's of course she's nowhere to find the booze and the boys you're like oh you are the bomb and again this leads to one of the most iconic scenes in this movie they return home where red book reporter slash editor barbara bennett yep. is doing a piece on joan so she's in the house you forget that this is how much access that reporters used to have. 
they would they would just show up to celebrities homes and they'd go yes come in this is my right. life no, no, like whereas now we i think especially your generation would be so used to people going no reporters go away no comment paparazzi, paparazzi. yeah no comment when yeah that's not what it used to be like the, the the studio would organize for the reporter to come in and you would showcase your life so everyone could see how picture perfect it was it seems like such a like an invasion of privacy yeah but that's the movie stars didn't have privacy but we didn't movie stars also didn't have private lives back in the day that we saw it all happened behind closed doors iconic iconic scenes with adult christina or nearly adult christina and adult joan the slap Oof. Look at the eyes. Look at the eyes. Crazy. I reckon she actually. I think she actually hit it too. I would have to look into that into the production. Oh wow! But she does not back down. She does not back down at all. Why I don't blame her. Adopt, why did you adopt me? And the you can see the venom. You can hear it. Christina's done. Yeah, she's like, oh, and then all. Fucking hell breaks loose. <sighs> she Congrats. goes to town. She goes to town and <laughs> strangles, like literally strangles her. Oof. You loved it when I hit you. You love it when I hit you, don't you? It's like, <gasps> oh God, you are terrifying. For especially for Joan would have had to be, look, fifth ish at this point oh okay in, re- in reality so imagine someone's mom going <laughs> and just right. rearing up throwing her on the ground being and this this is apparently quite true to the situation this this happened barbara please barbara <laughs> I just yes. love barbara please barbara please barbara joan was not used to christina standing up for herself so and especially for it to ha- the biggest infractions that happened when when Barbara was there was here yes. when the, the veneer had well and truly slipped and people had seen it and she got she loses it you know what I mean she loses it because the mask is pulled away well and truly she is yeah. gone she's yeah I was actually it's surprised just... um that like um Joan didn't because when Joan lied and said Christina had been expelled, which she had be- only been put on probation, but Joan li- li- um, yanked her out. Like, I was surprised she even said that. Like, because that looks like, like a movie star's daughter gets expelled. Like, that doesn't seem like a good headline. But this is the thing. Barbara was to- was focusing on Christina and how beautiful Christina was and how big she'd gotten. So Joan, right. had to bring it de- Joan had to bring it about a pig. It wasn't, it wasn't anything I did. She did something horrible. She right. did something horrible and needs to be punished. No. Yeah, God. you're right. Yeah. It's 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 jealousy. It's 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 weirdly like sibling rivalry. Yeah, very much so. Like that's what it is. It's it's just so much there's so much to unpack in the treatment of her daughter that you know, yeah, oh god. But it's crazy. from from here it gets worse for for Christina because she becomes Persona non grata. She is sent to the uh, Flintridge Sacred Heart Academy to be raised by nuns where she was allowed. And this is oh. this is true. This is true. And I've listened to um, a couple of podcasts and read a couple of things. This was 
the glamorous version of this. She was only allowed one dress and one pair of shoes per year. What? Yep. So Christina, Christina Crawford, the child of a movie star, was where everyone else got to, you know, go to to bed and all that kind of stuff and go home on the holidays. Christina was the one actually at the convent scrubbing floors, cooking meals, doing all that stuff. She was, Joan informed the sisters that she was not to be treated any differently than anyone else who was there as a ward of the state, you know, as, as someone's forgotten child. Right. So that's how she was treated. And she was actually lucky that the nuns did take a little bit of sympathy for her. She was allowed one coat, one dress, one pair of shoes. Wow. So when that when that stuff wore away in the middle of winter and Christina was freezing, the nuns were actually, you know, Christian <laughs> or Catholic and and gave her stuff that she needed. In this time, however, Joan was not schlepping on the matter. Joan in her ever so um ever so I guess what? She's wily. She's she's got a good self-preservation instinct. Yeah, meets meets and marries Alfred Steele, the, the CEO Pepsi. of Pepsi Cola. Pepsi Cola, who just happens to be quite wealthy. Well, it appeared that he was yes. quite wealthy, <laughs> and Joan loved that for her because she managed to get her lifestyle back. She was able to live the life that she got. But very, very shortly after after they were married, uh, Christina, Christina, yeah, was not present at the wedding. <laughs> she met her father when she was home for a holiday. What should I call? It? And even see this is this is the weirdness. Even when she she meets him, yes, I was like, going to say that I, she's like, what do I call him? Call it, call him anything. What you would call your father? So she calls this. Her as a nearly grown woman calls this grown man that's not her dad, daddy. Ooh. Yeah, that scene is so cringy. Like he's in the pool and she walks up and she's like, "Hi, daddy, I'm Christina." I'm like, <laughs> it's just like it's it's, 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 a- it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I know it's very it's very sugar baby, isn't it? You're like, oh, I don't like, I don't enjoy and that. And his expression, he's just like, <laughs> he's like this bitch. <laughs> like, right. That's what your mom calls me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And see, that's that weird parallel where she can't be replaced. She can't be replaced by Christina, but that's the way, it's the only way that Joan knows how to interact with men and get what she wants from them. Yeah. Is to to become this subservient sex object. Yeah. Yeah. Which Oof. is really like so disturbing. It but is again. That's something we have to unpack for women of a certain age and you know their experiences in Hollywood because ooh, Nelly, <laughs> Nelly <laughs> Los Los Angeles is not the place to go if you're an innocent, especially at this time or any time. I think yeah. you got to hedge your bets and gotta do hold some dirty on to what you can. Yeah. <gasps> takes a lot to get famous it takes a lot now as i said poor alfred in the round for a long time alfred dies and leaves joan in a very precarious situation as the widow 
because the board of Pepsi-Cola want her gone. But Joe, to her credit, used her movie star ways and what she knew how to do to make Pepsi a success. Because, again, this is something really weird to think of. Pepsi, you know, the brand Pepsi, this huge brand that sponsored the halftime show, you know, was nothing back in the day before Joan Crawford, before she got her hooks in there and did her due diligence and put it on the sets of, like that was the only thing people could drink on the sets of her movies and vending machines and all this kind of stuff. And she was the face of Pepsi-Cola. She went around and did promotion and this huge Hollywood star drinks Pepsi is the face of Pepsi. This is what people would do. Like the Kardashians. People want to look like the Kardashians. You know, people want to drink what the celebrities drink. <gasps> Joe, Joe Crawford drinks Pepsi-Cola. Oh my God, I'll buy Pepsi. Right. And it's it's very strange, especially for Australians, because Pepsi isn't as popular here. Coke no? is popular here. Pe- Coke is the thing here. And pe- I prefer when, Coke when I was, over Pepsi. Yeah, but in America, Pepsi is everywhere. Ugh. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Not a so, fan. Joan, look, will not be will not be denied. She stay head of this board because as she says, don't fuck with me, fellas. Oh, I love this that. My part. first time at the rodeo. <laughs> she is a dominating force. She owns 60% of this company. And she will not be denied. Joan, Joan stayed on the board of Pepsi <laughs> and uh, pulled the strings for quite a while. And that's that's a boss move on Joan's part. You know, what I mean? she she made sure that she still had her income coming in until she until she was removed. Well, she yeah, because they just... they said they were trying to retire her, and she's like, "Do you know who I am?" Like she like she would have ruined them. So they're she, not, they're scared. Yeah, she would have she was ready to just she was ready to pull down everything she just she created. She was she was done. But the story's still not over at this point. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> This movie is a long movie, but it doesn't feel like it when you watch it. I was like, oh, this is over two and a half hours. My God. Because we get to see that the Joan-Christina story takes a very, and again, bizarre, like amazing twist. Because Christina, (laughs) and to her, um, I don't know, I don't know if it was common sense or weird judgment, becomes an actress (laughs) and becomes a star of a soap opera. Until she is admitted to hospital with an ovarian tumor. Guess who swoops in? That was so shady. Joan Crawford, who is who has to be what fifty something, goes on, and this is legit. This happened. This This, oh, so this part did really happened. One hundred percent happened. Joan Crawford who is yeah, 50 something stood in for her daughter on this soap opera playing a 22 year old. I think she was, I, thought, I think it was 28. No, she, no, she's supposed yeah. to be, she's younger in the, I think she's actually, yeah, cause she's a newlywed in the, in the TV show. I've listened to the podcast. I think this is where there's some disparity in ages and stuff like this. Yeah. She, she, and this is where the alcoholism had gotten the better of Joan. And she wasn't used to she wasn't used to this style of of 
movie maker, well, it's not even movie maker, it's TV, which is something that Joan is definitely not familiar with. The pace of, especially a soap opera, having to learn the lines and get it right because there was no one there with a cue card going, oh, unless you're Joan Crawford. Yeah. Who I'm had like, someone with on cue the card. side of the set with cue cards. Like oh. an old movie star, so she could go, yes, Tom. I'm very upset by that. <laughs> I, I would just, and there's no, there's no, I would love to see it. Like, I would love to see the actual footage, but because this is back in the day where we didn't save footage and stuff like right. that. A lot of, especially with the soap operas, they would, um, they would destroy the film or reuse the film. There's some of, some of this stuff is lost to the ages, but God, I would love to have seen Joan. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to play a 20 something version of herself. And oh. It's just crazy. It was so, so like, we, she stuck right in there. Oh, yeah, of course. Any opportunity, Joan's an opportunist. If we have learned nothing else, Miss Crawford <laughs> knows how to spot an opportunity. But this is kind of where it kind of, I feel like the end of the movie kind of cuts off really briefly. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. okay, we're done. Because uh, in 1977, Joan, Joan herself dies of cancer, which is, you know, very sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Christina and Christopher go to the offices of their lawyer. Now, what we don't see in this movie is that Chris, uh, Christina, Joan actually does adopt more children. She adopts a set of twins. Twins, right, yeah. So the twins... <laughs> the twins are the are the children that are partially cared for by the will, but Christina and Christopher are completely disinherited. Get nothing. Get and you know nothing. why. They, they know, know why. why. Exactly. They know why. <laughs> Poor Christopher is, is heartbroken and says, no matter what happens, she always wins. We paired to Christina. As she says, does she? Does she? <laughs> which led, end of movie, which led to the publication of the number one bestseller, Mummy Dearest by Christina Crawford. Now, what a ride this movie is. It is so, like, we've we've kind of really only hit the high points, but there is so much... Especially for a longer, older movie. And I'm not saying the eighties is that long ago. But usually in movies like this, there's downtime when you go, Oh, okay, I'll go and get something, I'll go get something to eat. I sat there for this entire time yeah. going, oh, something's gonna happen because you know you know something's always something. happening. Like it is, yeah, it's beautifully shot. There's always something happening, you've gotta watch you got to watch how Joan evades, you know, her mental illness or she comes to it at, at all points. And, yeah, the story of her being a survivor. If you want to know a little bit more about Joan's later years that aren't really covered in this, there is a brilliant, brilliant television show that Ryan Murphy did called Feud, which is another reason... Another huge, huge reason why we know the name Joan Crawford, because she starred opposite her life, her late life nemesis, Betty Davis, 
in an iconic film, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? And Feud tells the story mm-hmm. of how that movie came about when they were both at, at, at presumably the end of their career and this little tiny horror movie gave these women a whole new lease on life and a whole end of life career, basically. So have you seen Feud, Dakota? No. Is it good? If you like this movie, you will love Feud. Uh, Susan, Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. I love both yep. of them. Susan Sarandon plays Betty Davis and Jessica <laughs> Lang plays Joan Crawford. I love Jessica Lang and Susan I Sarandon. Know. Originally, when I heard it. the casting, I thought it was the I thought it should be the other way around. I thought Susan should play should play Joan and the, but when you see them on screen, you're like, oh no, you got this right. <laughs> you got this right. I have to watch it. And you also have you ever seen Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? No. Girl, if if you love this movie, you and <laughs> you will die. You'll go, oh my god! And that you can you can see the tension. You can you can see that Joan is actually a fantastic actress in that movie. And up next to Betty Davis, who was the actor's actor, so she was she was the new ingenue, and oh, she was competition for Joan basically back in the day. And then they both got chucked out at the end of their careers. So they teamed up, even though they hated each other, and created an iconic movie and an iconic feud that you can still read multiple, multiple books about to this day about the feud between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Ironically, um, Betty's daughter, BD, <laughs> BD, <laughs> released her own tell all book about her mother. It wasn't her experiences. <laughs> oh, you might want to check that one out too. I'm intrigued. Very interesting. You, oh, this is the thing about this old Hollywood stuff. You peel back one layer and then there's another and then there's another and there's another. And you you go in and you find out more and more and more. Think so, of all the stuff we'll never even know. <laughs> exactly. And this is the sad thing. All these people are gone now. Their families are, are slowly going. We're never going to know half of these stories about old Hollywood. Very, very sad. But Dakota, I have to ask you. Yes. How many wire hangers out of five are you going to give Mummy Dearest? Five. I live. Five? All right. Tell me. Give me your give me your end of end of the movie thoughts. So overall, I like crazy because I'm a little crazy. Um I just I think it was so beautifully shot and uh, all the actors and actresses did such a good job, like really portraying everything, and like, it keeps you on the end of your seat, like uh, edge of your seat. Like it's just so much happens, and you, like it just it develops beautifully. I think my only critique is like what you said; it does end a little abruptly, which is just kind of like meh. But like overall, it's an amazing movie. Right, I think that even though it was a Razzie nominated, whatever I. You can't, this is it, you can't escape this performance. <laughs> you, like, the character of Joan is so huge. Like, yeah. Oh, God. What, she, I, 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 yeah, I just, she's so undeniable. And Faye Dunaway just, there's chewing scenery and then there is, like, dominating the film. And I, if anything, 
I would be so I would like this is a cult classic now. This movie, people love this movie because truth is stranger than fiction. So we're never going to know exactly how close it is. Right. Like, we think that it's bizarre, but how many stories do you have in your life where you're like, no, this actually happened? And right. These people were actually that shit crazy. This is a solid, again, I think four and a half. I'm going to give it four and a half wire hangers out of five. The only thing that I wish, you know, I wish there was a little bit more at the end. Yeah. But that their lives kind of did uh, fork away from each other at the end of their life too. So I guess that's why it's not there. But again, if you want to know, if you want to know more about Joan and, and what she got up to when she kept her ways going, check out Feud read a book but until later on thank you so much for joining me mr coda on a beautiful beautiful assigned seating where you know i feel like i need to go plunge my face into some cold water now me too <laughs> me too until next friend. time folks. yeah you never know you never know what we're gonna be talking about what movie what genre anything like that so make sure you buy your tickets for next assigned seating we'll see you soon Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.